Hello there, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another episode of Making Lemonade, the podcast where we talk about how we take the lemons that life gives us and all of the different flavors of lemonade that we as creatives and people make throughout our lives. If you'd like to see more of my work and keep up to date with all things Making Lemonade, please follow me on Instagram at Jordan Morpeth Art or go to my website, www.jordanmorpethart.com. You can also join our Discord community and be a part of the conversation around this week's episode and creativity in general. The link for the public invite is in the episode notes below. This week, we are talking about the monkey who tried to swim. Not sure what that means? Well, let's just get into it, eh? Blah. A few years ago... Scientists discovered that men of a certain nomadic group in Kenya who had a genetic variant that's implicated in the restlessness and shifting curiosity of ADHD were better nourished than their counterparts without the variant. But in a group of those same people who split off to live sedentary lives, the men with the variant were undernourished compared to their counterparts. Interesting. This, dis, uh, this information has kindled discussion as to whether ADHD should even be pathologized. I mean, if it was adaptive for survival, then it's supposed to be here. And whether you know it or not, humankind, you're grateful for us. So could we at least start going by potential hunting and gathering badasses instead? <laughs> but what good would that do us, right? I mean, the 16.2 million people in America alone with ADHD can all abandon modern life for hunting and gathering. I mean, I'm definitely considering it. But it just gets one thinking. Is ADHD inherently dysfunctional, or is it more of a fish-out-of-water condition? Imagine traits that were once potent fuel for the fire of nomadic success are now remnants, glowing embers waiting to be stoked, nurtured back to life. What if the stigma of ADHD and its exclusion from mainstream ideas of functionality is a prohibitive drizzle suppressing those embers, though unable to extinguish them? In this firelight, I've noticed from my own experience several benefits of ADHD that are applicable in the modern world. For one, brainstorming. Sure, my mind is rarely quiet, but I'm comfortable in that. The sheer number of thoughts and ideas is astounding. Even if a lot of them are bad or half-baked, they're great jumping-off points for deeper thinking. One distraction can lead to an unending train of thought, fueled by intrigue for each next thing. It's like popping popcorn. One kernel goes, and then they all take off. I'm also good at navigating outside my comfort zone. If something's intriguing, I can't not pursue it. So. Um, my interest often trumps any anxiety from exploring something foreign. I have to know what's over there. That culture, that school of thought, that hobby or lifestyle, or literally beyond the next mountain. So instead of being encamped, I've explored to know what I love and hate about opposing political ideologies or parenting styles or subcultures. And yeah, it's scary to explore. But scarier by far is the thought that I still don't know what I don't know. And I'm resilient. I have to be. Parts of having ADHD in this world really, really suck. But I quickly get distracted from them. <laughs> Whether it's a conflict with a family member or frustration with my own shortcomings, it's true 
emotionality is higher and self-regulation is more of a challenge, but I find I'm able to move on from negativity pretty quickly by a simple change of setting or activity. Sometimes I even forget I was upset. And I'm adaptive. Within attention, you have to embrace the fact that you will forget, misplace, overlook, put off constantly. So you learn to bounce back from the consequences quickly and creatively. I'm kind of a damage control expert. I often, without ruminating, will jump to what's salvageable? What about this problem is useful? Even for the few that aren't my fault. <laughs> and <laughs> finally, my passion is authentic. I'm really bad at feigning interest because I can't inhibit my natural intrigue. So if I'm showing interest in a person, activity, or idea, that's real. I don't have to try to pursue my passions. That's all I can pursue. People often don't realize that ADHD includes the capacity to hyperfocus and absorb information like a sponge, just not to choose upon what you're hyperfocused. But it is not laziness. And it's not changing. So again, with all these pluses, is it really a disorder? Well, it does result in significant distress and is characterized by diminished functioning in ordinary life. But where does that distress come from? Not fitting well within the narrowly standardized educational and inst uh, industrial institutions of our society? Well, not without pharmacologically dulling some of my own favorite traits anyway. What if some disorders aren't of individuals, but of whole groups? Maybe even whole cultures or societies? I think that as a society, we suffer from what I like to call PUD, pro-uniformity disorder, or affectionately, PUD. <laughs> Despite my superpowers, a month and a half ago, I was up late standing in my kitchen while my family slept and was in a bad way. I could see my traits affecting my partner, my son. I was not making progress on work long overdue. Trying medication, overdoing it on self-care, taking time to recharge, but still unable to focus. And I thought to myself, wow, I'm supposed to give a TEDx talk in six weeks about why I'm glad I have ADHD. but I'm not. Shortly thereafter, a suspiciously timely image came through social media that really impacted me. I'd like you all to just take a moment with me and reflect on it with respect to your own lives. Are you rebelling? Are you helping the people around you win their own rebellions? Are you helping the children around you never have to fight one? The suicide rate is higher in people with ADHD and their families. My clinical colleagues have shared with me that many children they see with ADHD have already begun at young ages to self-loathe, even having thoughts and often actions of self-harm or suicide. The youngest example shared with me was seven years old, daily thoughts of self-harm. 
the stress of not being able to function in an environment for which you're not adapted while expected to is heavy. People often think the comorbidities of ADHD, like self-loathing and depression, are purely inherent to the condition. But I'd argue they're in large part due to how outsiders react to us. So if you're the parent, guardian, teacher, sibling, friend of, or care about a child who is a potential hunting and gathering badass, or a literally unstoppable brainstormer, help them win their self-love rebellion. Check your frustration. If uh, instead of punishing their shortcomings, nurture their abilities. If you find they're distracted, ask them, what were you just thinking about? Not because they're in trouble, but because it could be fascinating. And get them outside in nature. It can actually be as good as Ritalin. <laughs> I'm still fighting my rebellion every day. And it's far from one. But it's even further from lost. So I'm going to leave you with a very simple tactic for fighting your own rebellion, whatever your battlefield may be. Since I was a kid, whenever I feel completely misunderstood or unappreciated, alone, because I don't think right. I'll seek out a mirror, look straight in my eye, and reassure myself, not narcissistically or egotistically, but genuinely. I love you. Because as long as you do, somebody does. And as long as somebody does, Cuddy, you're going to be all right. Picture this. A boy is standing on the playground. Children are running around him. He has a comic book in hand. It's a mad magazine. He is so enthralled in it, he doesn't even see the girl who likes him and won't admit it, and the kid whose brother and dad are so horrible to him at home that he can't help but take it out on other unassuming kids at school. These kids are 10 years old. They tell the boy with the mad magazine that he's standing like a girl and he looks like a girl. He's a weirdo for standing on the fence reading a comic book instead of playing with the other kids. What these kids don't realise is that this boy could care less if he was liked by them or not because he saw the other boy's dad yell at him at the bus stop during pickup time the day before and he's figured his bullying and he's figured his bully out and he also knows that the girl has liked him since they were no older than six and she doesn't know how to express it so it comes out as insults and aggression towards him this boy was me and many other boys and girls around the world it's suggested by the world health organization that almost three children per classroom of 30 kids has adhd 
There's an old quote that Albert Einstein said, and it goes, Everybody is a genius. But if you judge a fish by its ability to climb a tree, it will live its whole life believing that it is stupid. The other monkeys laugh at the fish trying to climb trees because in our not-so-modern education system, we are led to believe that if we are different, we are strange. In society, there is still a stigma around mental health. I'm sure you've heard this a million times and it's not what I'm here to talk about. What I'm here to talk about is my experience with ADHD and how it may pertain to help others in the process who may or may not be going through similar issues and either don't know it yet or do and are in desperate need for answers and maybe someone to relate to. ADHD is a disorder. This word is a word I don't really agree with for I don't feel disordered. I just feel different. Growing up, I was the kind kid to not stick up for myself, the kind of kid to not stick up for myself and to show a few more feminine traits than some of the boys I went to school with. School was tough. I was sensitive, a hopeless romantic, and even as young as eight, I knew what heartbreak was because my primary school bully decided that he would dump his girlfriend as much as eight-year-olds can be in a serious relationship and have a crack at the girl I was into. Needless to say, he liked him more than the comic book reading dork who can't kick a soccer ball without it going into the wrong goal. My whole life has been shrouded with self-doubt and systemic bullying, especially in the education system because at school they teach monkeys how to climb. But I am a fish, and I had no hope of climbing. It was not until I was about 15 or 16 that I realised this and began learning how to swim. This, I was once told, caused me a trauma because I began realising my place in the world almost 10 years too early. School is designed to give us two options. Go to university, get a job, or get out and take up a trade. This is what our governments in the Western world have decided is best for children whom are going through puberty and need not be aware of any other more risky employment paths. The current school system was designed during the Industrial Revolution when the governments and industry realised they needed good, hard-working, subservient employees. The funny thing is that still in the age of information and internet employment, schools are still trying to train employees and not employers. I believe I was a victim of this along with almost 11% of the Australian population who were diagnosed. Now, there is also an epidemic of misdiagnosis, and we'll get to that. However, my point here is that if we continue down this path, we will find ourselves with a world full of fish who can't climb trees and a world full of monkeys who can't swim because all the trees will soon be gone. I was only 12 when I was diagnosed with ADHD. This is odd by today's standards as it's believed children are diagnosed on average at age 7. Really? Fucking age 7? Why? Because they're children and don't want to sit still for 6 hours straight. Why do you think children love lunch so fucking much? 
I recall even back then when the doctor told my parents and I that we would be medicating me or that rather that he would be medicating me, I broke down into tears because even then I knew the effects of drugs and that I did not want to be on amphetamines. Amphetamines, sorry. The subsequent years were filled with drug testing. Everything from Ritalin to some of the more heavy-duty amphetamines. Until finally turning 18 and having control over the situation and just saying that I can come to terms with this with my own methods and I've had enough of these drugs. Now, don't get it twisted. I'm not saying my parents forced me to take anything. In fact, I just went along with it because so many healthy health professionals had told me it's good for you and it will help you. Finally, I just had enough and decided upon my own accord that no one knows my body better than myself. I suppose you could consider this story and part of my life as the prequel to the episode I did a few weeks back on suicide, episode number 30, entitled Be Kind to Yourself. Upon leaving school, I had no idea what I wanted to do. All I knew was that I could draw and I could kind of rap. I was obsessed with hip-hop and still am and I had decided to try my hand at it at 16. I proceeded to go to TAFE, also known as Community College, our community college equivalent, and learn sound production. The most I got out of that experience was a broken heart and an amateurly produced EP. (laughs) Just Google me and you'll be able to find some of that bad music. In fact, one of the songs of the week will be exactly that. However, that experience led to my inevitable rock bottom that served as my awakening in the beginning of my spiritual journey that has brought me here to this day. I could sit here and attest so much of my pain to ADHD. A lot of it was due to me. As I sit here listening to my old music, I'm starting to realize that I really put so much of my heart and world into everything I created. And it was almost like a siren or even an angel that followed me everywhere. I could not be rid of the creativity. It jumped around from creating Power Rangers morphers and wrestling belts from cardboard and textures to homemade hip-hop and now indie comics and professional poster work. I've always been creative and self-made, not much of an entrepreneur, but a believer in myself and I let the exterior forces get into my head and break down bit by bit the confidence I was born with in my work and myself as an individual. I suppose that night I attempted suicide was the night in my hero's journey that I went into the darkness, the cave, and came out a man, rebuilding myself piece by piece. Picture this. It's a few thousand years in the future. The world is rubble and dust. The world we now know rewards subservient employees and shuns those who think outside of the box and neglects those who are easily distracted and overly passionate about niche schools of thinking and ideas is gone. 
It's every man for himself and we've returned to a primal state. Your dad, your brother, your mum, sister, your cousin. One of them might have ADHD. Whom will you follow? I'd follow the one with ADHD because there is a school of thought that believes that we shouldn't even pathologize ADHD. Something that once was an advantage in a world of hunters and gatherers. How does it become a psychological disorder? What changed? Well, this guy thinks it was society. I bet you some of the greatest geniuses of human history had some forms of ADHD. Shakespeare, for instance. How could one possibly write so many tragedies without some sort of obsessive nature? I did a bit of research and found Albert Einstein was known to live by his own rules, disappear into his work and not really care for his appearance. All traits of ADHD. Michael Jordan, Michael Phelps, Will Smith and Justin Timberlake. Some of the most successful people of the late 20th and 21st century. Look at their work and how broad and just positive and life-affirming they were as people. Or are as people. They all were diagnosed with ADHD. John F. Kennedy, arguably one of the greatest presidents of the United States. He had ADHD. Walt Disney. His cartoons for the time were considered unsophisticated. Well, not anymore, because he was ahead of his time. And that can most definitely be attested to ADHD. Richard Branson, one of our Earth's most innovative people. Finally, my favourite and one of the greatest performers of our generation and every generation to come, Jim Carrey. Watch what he does in his performances, his mania. It's classic ADHD and it's pure genius. It's just beautiful to watch. Not sure what ADHD is? Well, it can be defined as a neurobiological developmental disorder. Neuro, meaning brain. Biological is genetic and can run in families. And developmental affects the ability to learn. The behaviours are defined by ADHD Australia as inattentive, impulsive and hyperactivity. <laughs> this to me is absolute bullshit. <clears throat> Why? Well, because I am the single most attentive person you've met. As long as I'm interested in the subject. In fact, one could say I am laser-focused and have been described as, as obsessive. I mean, look at this podcast, for example, and the other creative work I do. This shit is awesome and it's because I have put so much time and effort into it as I am interested and obsessed with it. As for the hyperactivity part, just fuck yeah, I am. And you know why I'm proud of that? Because I am a dad and I'd rather be able to keep up with my daughter and any other subsequent children well into my 40s and 50s. I consider my energy levels a gift. Now, impulsivity, I'd like to cover in the next part, but 
What I'd like to say on this is my impulsivity is a superpower as I am not held back by my inhibitions. I have no care for what you think of my dancing at a wedding or what you think about me doing a backflip in the middle of a shopping center. And if I could, I would do one. This, is, this therefore enriches my life and that of those around me. Well, I'm as puzzled as the newborn child. I'm as riddled as the tide. These lyrics belong to Tim Buckley, father of Jeff Buckley, whom are both the subject of my latest obsession. The song is called Song to the Siren, and this little snippet explains my feelings around how that the world could possibly think that ADHD is some sort of disorder. And well, mental health issue to be looked at negatively. Yes, I'm impulsive, which means I pretty much jump head on without thinking about consequences. Well, I used to. Now I've trained myself to rationalize a little bit, but I haven't completely stifled my impulsivity. This gives me the power to make decisions without normal human inhibition. That forces us to become sheep and, well, for lack of a better term, Frady cats. There is another term, but my grandfather may be listening. All my life, I've had people infuriated by my impulsive behavior. Whether they be children in school who didn't like that I got away with being such a goofball, or teachers who hated me interrupting their class. The systems we have in place simply do not allow children with ADHD to thrive. The education system does not reward forward thinkers. As schools were only built to form good, hard-working academic achievers because that's how we get people working for the corporate companies. However, the interesting thing here is that the world outside of the education systems definitely rewards forward thinkers, but not without kicking and screaming first. Hell, we all get scared when others fight the system in front of us, but in the same sentence, we'll hail people like Nelson Mandela and Elon Musk for changing the world. I suppose hindsight really is 2020. I consider my ADHD a superpower. I can get into an argument with someone and let my emotions get the better of me. And Ten minutes later, I've moved on from it by simply distracting myself. And in all honesty, I do just move on. I can become so fixated on a task that no one could possibly stop me if they tried. If I enjoy something, I can really focus. Like, I mean, laser focus. I'm comfortable saying stupid things in in inappropriate conversations as I physically cannot be a phony. I actually get sick to my stomach if I do. On the same note, I'm able to pick a phony from a mile away as I'm so used to being myself that I again get infuriated by people who are so obviously not being themselves. Makes it easier to pick a sociopath from a crowd too, mind you. (laughs) Good survival instinct, eh? 
I have big dreams. Some unrealistic, but due to the fact that I don't really have the best natural listening skills and my inhibitions are stifled by my lust for the fullest life possible, I don't care when people say you won't be able to do that or your line of work is too hard. I couldn't care less about the businessy business side of my job, but that's where I'm okay saying I need help so that I can get to creating. I am proud, but not emotional, because I know that emotional to me means either aggression or pools of tears, and neither of those are good looks. I am passionate about that which I love, whether it be my creative pursuits or my family and friends. I love hard, play even harder and work until my bones are dry and frail because I have so many dreams and aspirations that I need to live through before I die. I have so much information and so many ideas running through my head and due to my impulsivity, I get shit done because when I get any idea in my head, no matter the risk of failure, I have to achieve it. I have to. Otherwise, what's the use in having an idea? Failure hurts me just as much as the next guy. Sometimes even worse. But I cannot anymore for my comfort zone. In fact, I never really have. I used to ask girls out in year two, for goodness sakes. I used to push my teachers to the brink when I was eight just to see how far I could go. So much that I became very close friends with the principal of my primary school because I spent so much time in his office. <laughs> In fact, I've still got a cardboard cutout oh, from Revenge of the Sith that he gave me when I left in year six. Now I can see that he was my first exterior mentor that, that saw something in me that others couldn't and he didn't punish me the way other teachers could have or would have liked to for simply being a slightly more active boy than the rest of them. I have a lust for knowledge that I have never been able to quench and I love that. I love that I don't know yet what I don't know. My mind is no steel trap but it's not easily fed by monotonous content. I often find myself listening to long debates between Jordan Peterson and other members of the IDW or reading and learning about philosophers and stoicism and all the other isms <laughs> just for fun. I am resilient. I have to be. Because I would not have made it this far without it. My mother taught me the importance of resiliency. And also sometimes I forget so easily what ailed me that resilience just comes naturally. I hate being caught out in a debate with another member of the human race 
that's how I like to know my shit. Confrontation has never been easy for me because I used to be, and still at times can be, very aggressive and emotionally driven. Staying calm during confrontation is something I really have to be mindful of as it does not come naturally. However, one can see how this could also work in one's favor as it is believed that in a hunter-gatherer age, one who is not afraid to be loud and walk up to a predator and attack is definitely better to have in the tribe and more likely to survive than one who cowers in the corner and hides away. ADHD is not a disorder. It's not. It's my superpower. And for those of you out there that too have ADHD, come join my Justice League, my Avengers, and be my super friends. We are not a burden to those around us. We are light in a dark world because we are able to let go of this world's bullshit and achieve greatness through the great gifts that we have been given. ADHD may be considered a disorder, a burden. But my friend, if you feel this, if you have ADHD and you feel a burden to others, this is not your voice speaking and you should remove those people from your life that make you think that. You are not a burden. You are gifted with a superpower. ADHD is my superpower, and over most, I know I have drive, passion. I'm resilient, and I possess the ability to focus for hours on something that most would find monotonous or time-consuming. I'm creative due to my ADHD. I'm strange because of it. I'm able to tell the character of a person by a short interaction, and my determination is pretty strong too. Plus, it makes me one hell of a podcaster as I can talk for hours. This is another episode on being kind to yourself where most won't be. Remember those voices in your head that tell you that you are burdened, that you are a burden, a weirdo, bad at school, work, or just plain awful to you. They are not you. They are either your mum, your brother, your schoolyard bully, your teachers, your boss, etc. They're not you. Unfortunately, in my experience, not everyone who is a teacher should be a teacher. However, I want you to know 
that ADHD is my superpower. Come join my Attention Deficit Hyperactive Disorder Justice League. We'll save the world. As super friends. And be the fish that swims. Don't listen to the monkeys. They're just jealous that they can't swim. Thank you so much for listening. I love you all. If you want any more information on my theories around ADHD or just want to join the conversation on this week's episode, please feel free to contact me on Instagram at Jordan Morpeth Art or join our Discord community. The link, the links are below in the episode notes. If you would like to support the podcast, please just take a screenshot of the episode and share it on your stories on Instagram, Facebook, Snapchat or wherever you socialize in the world wide web. Also, you can leave a review on iTunes if you so feel. Thank you all again. I love you all so much. I've been your host, Jordan. Be kind to yourself. Be kind to others. And as always, guys, stay weird. I have never told anyone what I'm about to tell you. Hanging on for the weekend when everybody else is sleeping. When the sun goes, Picasso, don't look at me like I just done wrong. So tell me you're feeling the same way. You shouldn't be caring what they say. Cause every day's a payday when niggas come around with an AK. Am I killing a national to go home? Cause how am I gonna do it with a cold flow? Told them tight with the prices, right? And the bitches don't sign when I go low. Cause I'm doing a bit with a no show. Niggas try to play like low blows. But every single time I'm in the spot, you show me love, so. Weekend, your sunlight got me weakened. This drink got me peeking, and the lips got me seeking. This ain't no love song, it's a one night in my draw song. No, I ain't no son of Odin, but you can beat my partner. Talking about, I mean, number one. Talking about when I had my son. Whoa, that girl, you sexy, but when you say that shit, make a brother wanna run. Looking for fun, yeah, I'm looking for fun. I will commit if you're worth it, hun. But every single time I'm in the spot, you go ahead and tell me. I'm in, you know, I'm, 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 I'm